everyone, to another episode of Cast Conversations. Today, uh, I'm not actually joined by Jeremy, but I'm joined with a lifelong friend slash brother, relative, if we we like to say, but my, my good friend, Chad. Uh, uh, Chad, so glad to have you on. Glad we... Yeah, glad to be here. Glad we can find... Sit down and talk. So... Before before we get into it, you want to just uh, say talk say what your role was and um, when you were there, I guess. Yeah, so um, I was a lifeguard at Old Key West Resort. Um, my arrival date was January twenty seventh, and I was um, scheduled to leave on uh, May twenty eighth, but due to the COVID nineteen outbreak, I left on March seventeenth, I believe it was. Think. so so did did it did it really feel like you were barely there um i mean yeah i worked for like less than a month like at my resort um <clears throat> and i was there for less than two months so yeah it, it didn't feel like a whole lot but i had a, I had a great time when i was down there and i had all my training done and everything so i was in the work schedule it was just like i left a few months early so, so you were actually at your location for less than a month? Um, I believe so, yeah. I haven't really totaled it too much. So, um, as a lifeguard, um, we were told, like, on day one that we're in one of the uh, one of two roles that are safety critical. And so, we had to go through an extra, like, mm-hmm. week of training. Um, <clears throat> so, we start off, we arrive, check in traditions like normal. But we had a swim test on a Wednesday. Um, and they tell you the swim test is swim 200 yards and then pick up a brick, a five pound brick off the bottom of an eight pound of an eight foot deep pool and then tread water without your hands for two minutes. That's what they say the requirement is, but that's the deep water mm-hmm. requirement. Um, and deep water is only for pools over five foot, which are like none of the resorts pretty much. I think, I think Yacht and Beach is one of the ones. And then like the, the water parks mm-hmm. are deep water. Um, okay. But, most of the guards are shallow water. Um, and so when I went there, I had trained for the deep water and I was scared for the deep water test because it was a very rough test. Um, and then I get there and the guy gets the shallow water test, which is swim 50 yards, which is a down and a back, and then pick up a brick off the bottom of a five foot pool, which is just like, you know, a waist high pool or like a shoulder high pool. Um, so it was a really easy test um, past that. Um, and then, so once you pass the test, that was my traditions week during that first week down there, I took that test and passed. Um, then you have mm-hmm. another test where you go through what they call Ellis training. Um, it's for John Ellis or J Ellis management, um, which is like the lifeguard certification. So it's like Red Cross certification, but it's for just, just it's signal towards Disney and towards like water parks and such. Um, so that's a three day course. Um, day one and day two, you learn everything you need to know. It's a nine to five. So, you know, eight hours a day. Um, so day one and day two. Mm-hmm. So it's 16 hours of just training, learning about saves learning about um like proper form um you also learned first aid um so how to handle all the first aid scenarios um and basically just say here's a cpr too cpr was a really big thing that we all learned and we spent like half the day each day going to cpr um so you learn the two you learn those two days and then on the third day they train you on they test you on all of it um so they like so they they put you in a room one by one with an instructor um, and then you perform CPR, they give you scenarios and you respond to like the, the scenarios like step by step. If you miss a step, you get like, you have to, um, depends on how bad the step is, 
like they say, for instance, if you're like not helping them, but you're killing them, like you're killing the patient with like how you react, then you fail the test and you have to go through the training again. And you can get two shots at the, oh. at the LS training. Um, if you, you get two shots and if you don't do those, you get recasted. Um, so it was quite nerve wracking going into it. I was pretty scared about, you know, failing and getting recasted. Um, especially because I told everyone I was going to be yeah. a lifeguard. Um, so yeah, so then, uh, day three came, I did my training. Uh, luckily I passed. Um, I was like one of the first people who we had to do our water saves. So what it is, is you're just scanning a pool, watching a pool with, um, three other trainees who are the same page as you. Um, and then you have to respond mm-hmm. to the scenarios they give you. Um, so if like a guest is drowning, you have to save the guest and the guests are all other lifeguards. So usually they kind of try to make it easy on you as possible, right? Like they won't resist you. They'll like, you know, do what they're supposed to. Um, but yeah, so day three came, um, we did it. It was, I was nervous beyond all belief. I was so scared and nervous, but, um, made through it. Um, we, we performed well. So the scenario that I was in, um, we had a spinal, which is a spinal injury. Um, and with a spinal injury, you have to like secure their neck and you have to secure, you know, make sure that you don't move their neck at all. Cause then it can be paralyzed. Um, so a whole bunch of techniques about getting, um, you know, spinal movement restriction and stuff like that. Um, and so we got in, you know, I secured them and, and floated them around the pool a bit while the other lifeguards got the backboard. We put them on the backboard, um, took them out and, you know, performed the rest of the scenario. Um, and then we did CPR on like a dummy while we were doing that. So they like switched out the, the live guest with the CPR dummy. Um, his name was so, Bob, called the dummy. wait, I got a question. Yeah. What, uh, how, how heavy, how heavy was the dummy that you had to get out of the pool? Okay. So to get out of the pool was actually a person, a real person. Um, she was a girl. She's probably like, uh, oh, okay. If that. Um, so usually it's why, okay. Why, it's why didn't they put, why didn't they put you out there? Get well, you out it, of the pool. Um, so it, they had all the lifeguards there, which is about 50 of us. Um, and for the listeners at home, I'm six, five, uh, two eighty. So I'm a bigger dude. Um, and so I, we, so I, for my team, we were practicing, um, and they practice a rapid extraction on me. A rapid extraction is you put them on, a, you put them on a backboard, but you don't strap them up. You just grab their arms and rip them out of the water. It's all upper body strength. And I had three females cause like there was five dudes out of like the 50 people there. Like they were all females there. Um, and we didn't get picked the group they're put in. So there was three females trying to pull me out of the water and like they started doing it. I was like, you guys got to like put a strap on because like, if you don't, you're not going to be able to pull me out of the water. It's not going to happen. I'm going to fall in and it's going to be pain for everybody. Um, so that was in the, that was like the day we were training, we were practicing that. And then, so, um, luckily no one ever had to pull me out of the water and the instructors kind of were smart and said, Hey, maybe we should make these like two like girls try and pull this big dude out of the water, you know? Um, so unfortunately I never got picked to be pulled out of the water, but I did, I was picked to like, um, I was like, I, I dropped a vat once we see like you laid it on the ground and they have to recognize it and they have like 10 seconds to recognize it and then jump in the water and then 20 seconds to get to it. Um, cause they call it your 10, 20. Um, so you have 30 seconds to respond to a drowning. So it's 10 seconds to see it and then 20 seconds to get to it. Um, and after 30 seconds is when they start going into, um, the later stages of drowning, which can really start affecting them. Like it was, it's a serious stage, and if you don't recognize it, they can, you know, start getting hurt. Wait, um, one second. You you broke you broke up there for a second. After okay. thirty seconds is what? So after thirty seconds is when they so they start going to stage two of drowning. Um, stage one is like surprise, and then stage two is like I believe it's unconsciousness, or if it's not unconsciousness, it's something similar, respiratory attack maybe, or so. That's what the like the symptoms where. 
um, <clears throat> you know, they, they, get, they go limp or they um, start having like, they start inhaling water because their body is no longer thinking about um, that they're in the water. The body's thinking, okay, we need to breathe. And they, the body doesn't process that in your water. So your brain says, hey, breathe. And then you start breathing in the water and then it gets to be a very bad scenario. Um, so yeah, you have 30 seconds. Hmm. You, have, you have 10 seconds to spot a vat. This goes with your training too, but I'll mention that later. You have 10 seconds to see it and you have 20 seconds to respond to it. If you fail that, then you like you go back to training again. It's very important that you see it within 10 seconds and then respond within 20. Because um, if you don't do it in that time, then, you know. Dang. Then, yeah. So, um, and, you know, and like, and they, they're telling you while you're doing all this training and stuff, you know, it's a very serious role. You see, if you're critical, like we did first aid and they're teaching you how to respond to a stroke, how to respond to a heart attack, how to respond to, um, you know, all these different scenarios. That's just terrifying. You know, here we are, like, you know, some, a lot of us didn't have any experience with lifeguards. Um, a few of us did, but most of us didn't. Um, and then we have to learn this crash course on all this information. Um, so that's your Ellis, right? So your third day, I passed on my third day um, and they test everybody. I want to say probably like 80, 90% of the kids passed. 80, the kids that were on day one were passed. Um, so, um, you know, it's pretty good. Like there's a lot, a lot of guards that pass. Um, and yeah, so then after that, after you complete that, you get your lifeguard certification, which I think it's a year. So I'm certified for a year. Um, and then you go to your resort. Um, and so then you have another three days of training. Um, and this is also around like resort hospitality and such like that, where you experience the resort and, and look at all of it. Um, so yeah, yeah so what okay. you do. So what I did is I showed up on day one and they, so that they, they go over your skills again, that you learned in Alice. They like, um, ask you about them and they like, they keep you refreshed on them and stuff. But most of what it is, is applying those skills to your resort. Um, so like one of the things we always went over is activate your EAP, your emergency action plan. Um, but we didn't know what that was and it was different for each resort. Um, so that's why when you go to a resort, they kind of train more specifically, they train you more individually. Like for me, I had, um, two trainers for just me and another girl. Um, so it was really, you know, and these are experienced guards. These aren't, um, like, a, like three people teaching a whole class. Like it was in the other setting. Um, so they're, you know, the experience, they've been at the resort for years, they're, they're trainers with the, with the, like with the lifeguard and they train you one-to-one. -one. And so, um, they're great in there. You know, I, I was trained by, um, a guy named Jacob. He's a really cool dude. Um, and my other trainer, Katie on day one, and they were both great trainers. Uh, we read the OGs, which that was fun. We're reading OGs all day. I don't know if it's like that for everybody, but I know for us, it was like some 70 pages. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You, you enjoyed reading the OG? Yeah? <laughs> Why? I did not enjoy reading Well, I, I read, like, I was reading it all thoroughly and making sure I was retaining it. And the girl in front of me was skimming through it, and I was like, okay, well, I'll, you know, read it less thoroughly and just, you know, read it. And then I was like, man, this is a lot to read. <laughs> and so uh, it was quite rough. But we actually got got through it in, like, two hours, I think. So, um, you know, it, was, it wasn't bad. I, I like learning about the resort and stuff, but it was quite quite terrible because a lot of it was all information <laughs> that we were already told um for, but uh, yeah good uh for, for our listeners that don't know uh the og um, but it's it's basically a list of long drawn out rules or and just yeah. information about your 
uh, position, and yeah. it's very boring. But apparently, Chad enjoyed it. <laughs> it was it wasn't <laughs> terrible. It was I learned a lot of cool stuff about like if a duck gets in the pool, like you're supposed to scare him out with your uh, your tube, and like if a raccoon gets in the pool, you have to close the pool because raccoons carry diseases. So you know, it was interesting learning all that stuff. Hmm. Um, but also a lot of it was just like really boring stuff that they're like, yeah, even, even I don't know that stuff. Like, I don't have it memorized. Um, but the chords do. Yeah. So if you're confused on it, you just ask, you just ask a coordinator. Um, yeah, gotcha. yeah. So, and by the end of day one of training, they put you on stand with another lifeguard. So you are on stand watching the water with guests in the pool. Um, which was quite scary, right? Cause like, here I come, I had three days of Ellis training one day of training at the resort and then I'm just sitting on stand all day and they're watching you, you know, and making sure you're doing good. And they're like, and they're always like asking questions and such. Um, they're just making sure you're not only comfortable with being on stand, but you're also, um, you know, not making any mistakes and, you know, paying attention. And there's a lot of really small things, right? Like, so as lifeguards, we have to rule enforce um, all the rules of the pool. So you can't have your drink within six feet of the pool, um, you know, running on the pool deck, um, all of this, and you have to maintain all of that while you're watching the water. If you look away from your water, um, because you lose your 1020, um, you can like you can get in trouble for that. You can get um, sent back to your training or um, you know audited, which is another fun thing. There's a lot of specifics that I won't go into too much of the details because I don't want to be uh, we'll be here all day. But um, <clears throat> but basically, there's a lot of like safety and making sure no one's <laughs> watching you. Um, but yeah, so okay. end of day one. End of day one, we do a thing called um, VAT recognition. By the way, VAT is vigilance awareness training, where they have these like, silhouettes, these black silhouettes, where they lay on the bottom of the pool, and you have to like find it and then get to it. You know, within your ten seconds, within your twenty seconds, you have to see it within ten and then get to it within twenty. So we did that day one, and then how do they how, go ahead. how do how do they put it there without you noticing? So you have your back to the pool, and then they will call your name. And you'll turn around and go find it. Um, that's during bat training during when you're on stand, uh, one of the coordinators or a, sometimes a leader, but mostly coordinators will get in the pool, like in plain clothes and normal clothes. And they'll like, they'll have it hidden under their shirt. And typically they'll enter for someone that for somewhere that isn't your area. So they'll enter from like the other side of the pool and then like walk around and walk into your area and then they'll lay down the vat and then they'll walk away from it. Um, they're pretty, pretty sneaky, but if you're doing your job and you're watching the water, you're going to see them walk into your water and then you're going to see them lay down the vat. Like for me, I got my first vat in like two seconds, three seconds. And the second one I got in like within like a second or two, um, just because I was watching my water and I saw, Hey, that's my coordinator walking in the water. Well, he laid down the vat. I'm going to whistle and go get it. Um, so yeah, which there was, there was one time. Okay. There was one time I got vatted and I, uh, I whistled. And then I got off stand. I was like, I was going to the water to get it. And this little girl was standing right next to it. And so I whistled, pointed at her, which I was supposed to like point at the bat, but it was right next to her. And so she just looks at me terrified. And I jumped next to her and grabbed the bat. And I'm like, hey, and she's like, what happened? And I was like, I'm just training, just lifeguard training, just, you know, keeping us uh, intent. So that was, that was fun. She was terrified. And I felt so bad because here I am, this giant 6'5 lifeguard jumping in, like nearly on top of her. Um, but yeah, she was fine. She's got splashed That's a little bit. That's very funny. Um, but so okay, yeah, the... real quick, real yeah. quick, we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna throw it to a break, All and right. then uh, then we'll come back and hear more more of your lifeguarding stories and uh, action.
right, some you. coronavirus events uh, at the end of your program as well. Sounds good. Sounds good. What's up? We wanted to give a thank you to another one of our sponsors, Everything Mousy Pins. Everything Mousy Pins is a collector that's been collecting pins for over 15 years now. Um, they live right next to Walt Disney World, and uh, their store has a cheap selection of pins for beginners and rare pins for collectors. Um, something really cool about Everything Mousy Pins is um, they sell guaranteed authentic pins, so you know you're not going to be getting a fake pin through them. Um, secondly, they've been a pin collector for years, like I said, over 15, and they like to share their experience through um, pins on YouTube and on the online pin store. So um, they always do giveaways on uh, their Instagram, and um, there might be more information on their YouTube as well. So head over to Everything Mousy Pins. Um, of course, the information will be in the bio of the episode, and check out what they got. You will not be disappointed. All right, welcome back, guys. We were having a little lagging issues uh, in that first part, but uh, we made some adjustments, and now we're back. Uh, so, Chad, going to go back a little bit just to make sure our listeners could all hear, because you were I know you were providing some excellent information. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, some, one part in particular to me um, that I want to go back to was the uh, the testing. So I know you didn't have to do the deep water and um, maybe because your pool is only five feet deep, which is like to your hip. So yeah. um, <laughs> uh, can you explain the testing a little bit again? Yeah. So um, so there's, there's the first test, which is a single day for like four hours, if that, and all it was was a, like, can you swim uh, down and back in a pool and pick up a, like, 10-pound, 8-pound brick off the bottom of a 5-foot pool, which, again, anyone can do because you can all stand in a 5-foot pool. Um, you literally just have to, have to, like, squat down and pick it up and show that you can do it. Um, it was it's a really easy test, and, and the deep water is a hard one. The deep water, you have to swim 8 laps, I think, um, like, 8 down and back. Or eight, eight, sorry, eight lengths the pool, so four down and back, which is difficult if you haven't practiced, and then you have to tread water without using your hands, which again can be quite difficult if you haven't practiced. Um, but that's deep water. But I, I know you, I remember you talking about how like you were going to the pool and practicing all the time, and yeah, uh, right. So yeah, so when I heard about that in November, because um, that's when I, I think beginning of November is when I was told I, I got in and I was gonna be a lifeguard. Um, I was like, okay, I need to go see if I can do it. Um, so immediately, mid-November, I went and, um, immediately, mid-November, um, mid-November, I went and, uh, tested myself, and I was like, wow, this is quite difficult. I can't do this. So I <laughs> started swimming and training and training, and I, um, for the whole month of December and November, I swam, um, at least twice a week. Um, that was alongside full-time school and full and working everything, like, full-time or part-time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I swam as much as possible. Um, eventually, I was able to do the 200 um, pretty easily, um, and so I wasn't worried about that. And then the treading water was still difficult. Um, and also, picking a brick, I hadn't practiced that because I just went to the YMCA, and I didn't want to go throw a brick in the bottom pool and dive after <laughs> it. Um, so luckily, um, come January, there was lifeguard training tests at the 
um, at, the, at the YMCA where you could go mm-hmm. and take some tests. So I went in there, told him the situation, told him the requirements that he needed to pass, um, and then for about the whole month of January up until I left, like I think three days before I left on the last day I trained, um, they I did the training with them where I um, dove after a brick and picked it up and they taught me some really good techniques and they taught me different swimming techniques and stuff and I kind of did the training with them and then I learned some stuff and by the end of it I was able to do the two minutes of treading water without using my hands and then I was able to do the laps and pick up the brick. Um, so yeah, I, had, I trained for about a month beforehand, and it was luckily I'm a pretty good swimmer, so I wasn't too terrified of it. But it was definitely hard work. I mean, it was conditioning, and it was practicing and such. Um, so it's not an easy training. Um, but then fortunately, right. I get down there, and they they tell me I only have to swim 50 yards and pick up a brick at the bottom of a fi- of a five foot pool. So it was uh, it was really easy. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's very that's very interesting. And then. So another thing I wanted you to talk about again was the uh, uh, what what was the test you called it where they put a silhouette on the bottom of the pool? So it's called VAT V A T Vigilance Awareness Training. Um, and so Vigilance Awareness Training, there's three scenarios. One where they put um, a dummy or like a mannequin in the pool, and then you have to mm-hmm. like respond to that. And then another one where they put a silhouette in the pool, which is again like just a, a it's kind of like a a black um, like a piece of fabric with weights on it that sits on the bottom of the okay. pool. Um, and so that's really, it's, you know, it just, it just sticks out on the bottom of the pool and it's made to look like uh, someone's laying on the bottom of the pool. Um, and then right. they have a live guest training, which is where they get, um, a, like, they, they, some, they used to get guests to do it to practice, but now they just get coordinators to do it, where a coordinator will just go in the water and they'll either just go limp like they're unconscious or they'll start throwing their arms around like they're actively drowning. Um, and then you have to respond. So that's vigilance awareness training. And they'd say they do 12 vats a month. So 12 times a month, they will vat the um, the pool. So one of the guards who's on duty will get vatted. Um, so, yeah, that's the vigilance awareness training. And that's just part of the audits they do to keep um, the pool safe. So they also, they want, they'll do um, what they call uh, visual audits, where a coordinator will come out and they'll like, be in the shadows kind of, and they'll watch you. Um, just make sure you're, you know, not breaking any rules you're not supposed to. Like, you know, you're, you're like, so you also should be water ready at all times, which means you have to have your tube on. You have to like, be ready to jump in the water at any moment when you're on sand. Um, so if you cross your legs when you're sitting on sand, then that's, you're not water ready. If you don't move, like if, so if you stay in position for too long, you're not being water ready. Like, you have to move every five minutes. You have to be like, you have to move either where, where you're standing or your position. So if you're like, sitting or standing, we have to move your uh, posture too. So like, um, if you like, so if you maintain the same spot, you have to kind of move where you're at. Um, so that's just um, they're making sure you're following all those rules and such. And then that's an invisible audit. And then they have a uh, a like a personal audit where they um, audit the pool. Where they put all the data down and, and test you. Um, so yeah, so that's part of the testing they do, and that's most of the testing you do. You also have in-service training for four hours a month, where you have to go, um, which I only did one because of how long I was there for. Um, we have to go and like go through training, and and then uh, they like they'll just test your skills again and just keep testing. It's, it's a lot of testing your skills, to making sure you know them. That way, you know them when the time comes, and you don't have to, you know, think about oh, how do I treat first stroke again? You know, like what? So. Um, 
So yeah, so uh, just briefly back to training. So yeah, that was the first day was the like a test, and then the second training was your Alice training, where you go through like a three day course. Day one and day two they teach you, and then day through day three they um, they t- they test you on what they taught you. Um, and so yeah, they just teach you first aid and such, and uh, it's pretty. I mean, these are, it's an easy course, but you have to pay attention. Um, you have to retain the information. So if you don't retain the information mm-hmm. in the course, you have to go home and study it. Um, okay. And then, but, the, but they're not trying to surprise you by any means. And it's not like, you know, there's no pop quizzes. They're just giving the information, making sure you know the information, and then sending you off to your, to your location. Um, so, yeah. So, that's okay. um, tell us. And then, and then okay. the last thing in training is when you go to your resort, right? So you go to the resort for, again, okay. three days. You're Day one, they teach you everything about the resort. Um, they put you on the a little bit. Day two, um, for me, was a very interesting day. Um, so I get there, and they do, like, so the first day they'll do, like, a really early morning shift. Um, mm-hmm. So they'll show you how to open the pool and all of that and all responsibilities that go with that. And then they'll put you on stand, and they'll batch you for a little bit, and that's it. Second day is, like, the, the end. So you'll um, you'll learn how to close the pool, and you'll learn how to, like, be on the stand at night. Um and so, for me, they put me on stand. Um, so I went on stand for about two hours. Mm-hmm. And during that, I was on stand. I was on a, a pool called Lighthouse. It's like a, a section of our pool. And I was standing there, and I was scanning the water. And then um, I hear a guest in the water say, hey, get a towel. Get a towel. And I was like, you know, just, okay, they're asking for a friend to get a towel. Um, so I'm watching the water. And then they say, hey, lifeguard, get a towel. And I, so I, I look over and I'm like, okay, like, look, like, cause they weren't in my zone, so I wasn't looking at them. And so I look yeah. over and I see them, and then one of the guests, um, had, like, blood dripping down from their forehead. And I oh. was like, oh, this is my second day of training, <laughs> and I have to respond to this. Um, and so, luckily, I had already been through my Ellis training, and I'd been through two days of training at the resort. Um, so I, the response was, I'd blow my whistle. Um, so that way the other guards know, hey, something's going on now, you know, um, and so a court comes out, and so that way they start responding. So I blow my whistle, first thing I do, point at him, which, I, which he felt like, got a little offended by, but, you know, I had to do it. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'll grab your towel. So I went and grabbed him a towel, and then by then my trainer was over and responding to it. My trainer was like, hey, can you, can you get out of the water, you know, and uh, can you take a seat? And then another coordinator came over and took care of it. Um but it was very nerve-wracking to have, like, on day one, the, like, a, a guest. Like, that, that was something sure. that didn't happen the rest of my train time I was there. Um, most of my most of the other guards there hadn't had anything like that happened to them before. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a few of them had, like, nosebleeds and such. But, again, it wasn't a very common occurrence. Um, yeah, I handled it appropriately, I was told. I was supposed to get him out of the pool, like, initially. And also I had towels on my hip pack. But um, I responded well and... My trainer was there in a second, so um, yeah, it worked out pretty well. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, yeah. it's pretty, that's a exciting uh, first experience yeah. of training. Yeah, it sure. was, it, I wasn't even like you know technically a, a lifeguard up there yet, and I was still like in the, like I got tested pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the guest had uh, he was swimming with his eyes closed, and he swam into the wall, and then so he swam into the wall oh. and. And bumped his head, and uh, and it wasn't too bad. It was it was okay. We didn't even, we didn't have to close the pool or anything. So it was all it was all good in the end. Um, but yeah, it was just yeah, that's good. I was I was all freaked out about it. Um, but yeah, so that was day two, and then day three they just test you and everything. You go there for like two hours, and then 
you can do a full rotation of all the fans, and then they match you, and then they go talk to you for an hour, and then you go home. So, um, nice. yeah, that was that was all my training. It was about like two weeks of training, um, and then I was officially lifeguard, and it's pretty boring from there. <laughs> um, <laughs> lifeguard's just uh, we had we had ten hour shifts, so we just mm-hmm. went and we for um, ten hours uh, you're, you're there, so you open the pool and then you close the pool. Um, and yeah, so I went on stand and like you would just rotate through the stands, which usually you're on a stand for 30 minutes. And so you're on stand for about an hour and a half and then you get like a 15 minute break or a 30 minute break and then you go back on stand for an hour and a half. So, um, mm. basically, okay. The majority of the day I was just on stand watching the water and, um, telling kids to, to hey, can you use your walking feet, buddy? Hey, buddy, walking feet. And, uh, and, uh, that's pretty much it. You know, just rule enforcing and making sure kids get on the yeah. slide one at a time and, that was it. So, living the dream, working for Disney. Living the dream. Yeah, it was it was great. I so, love I I love being a lifeguard with all my coworkers and everything. So I can't I can't complain. That's good. So I want to get into more so uh, old Key West Resort and hear more about yeah. that because it it it's a vacation club yeah. resort, yeah. right? It, I believe it was one of the first vacation club resorts, if not the first. Um, it, so it's, it's modeled after Key West. Um, so they have very, uh, pastel colors and all the buildings and such. Um, uh, I believe it's a deluxe resort or a deluxe villa resort. Um, it's one of those two. Okay. It's like the, the highest or second highest. Um, and yeah, it's mostly vacation club members. Um, but it's a really nice resort. We have, um, our main pool, the Sandcastle pool. Um, and then we have three other, uh, quiet pools, which are like, they don't have guards on them, but they also don't have a slide. And so they're just normal pools. We have um, a bunch of houses. I don't know how many off the top. I know it's like 50 complexes. So each of them having oh, like geez. six to 12 rooms in them. So however many that is. Um, so, um, so yeah, um, it's a great resort. I loved it. I mean, everyone said Old Key West was one of the best uh, pools. All guards did just because of how, like how um, great our coordinators are, how great our leaders are. Um, and I was, I was, I was, I loved it there. All my coworkers were great. I didn't have a complaint about anybody. Um, and yeah, it was just, a, it was just a great time. We had some really good friends and, uh, and yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. Um, there's a ferry yeah, that runs to Disney Springs. So I know that. Oh, right, right. So. Yeah. That's, um, I, it took me a while. I didn't even realize that was available or that was there that you could yeah, ferry the, over to yeah, the boat. Disney Springs. Yeah, that's yep. that is cool though. Oh yeah. Um, so let's take we're gonna take one more break and then we'll come okay. back and talk about your early departure and uh, hear about your experiences with that. Sound good? All right. Sounds good. All right. We'll see you guys in a second. What's up, everyone? It's Jeremy, and today I'm here to talk about Bright Suns Co. So uh, Bright Suns Co. is a company made by Susie. And she makes a lot of ears. She has custom ears. I'm on her website right now. I'm looking at them. Um, she also has a lot of pins. Uh, she has earrings as well. And she also, um, it's super cool. She wanted us to tell you that she has Japanese exclusives, which is super awesome. Um, so I'm going to just talk about a couple of the ears she has on her website right here. Um, she has a Star Wars Knights of Ren Kylo Ren ears for only $25. Now, she sent us two pairs of ears and they're custom ears. These are not your typical Disney Disney ears. These are very well made, very sturdy, 
and high quality ears. And for the price of $25, you're getting a steal. Um, let's see, we're gonna go over to Mouse Ears. Um, she has her website very easily organized. You can order things alphabetically. Um, you can also go uh, best selling, price high, low. So let's just go price low, high. So you can get um, small red pom-pom ears for only $8. These are really good prices for awesome things you can be wearing in the parks. Now we're going to order by uh, the best-selling. So her best-selling ears are, oh, actually, the Mystery Mouse ears. So um, it looks like, I'm going to read the description on this. Um, you can get a surprise pair of ears, which is super awesome for only $15. And it's on sale right now from $25, which it normally is. So head over to... Um, Bright Suns Co. We'll, um, of course, as always, have it in the bio of the episode and check her out. All right. Enjoy the rest of the episode. What's going on, guys? Phil here again, back with another ad. This time we got uh, Magically by Molly, which she does magnets that are Disney inspired. So you got ones that look like Mickey Mouse, of course. How are you going to go wrong with that? And then you have other ones that are Disney snack inspired, so snacks that you can get in the park, like the Mickey ice cream bar. She got one of those. Um, just so many different styles, and she's very creative with her designs. One of the things that she does is she hand designs all of her magnets. Uh, so most of the magnets you'd see out there are going to be digitally designed. That is not the case with Molly. She actually makes them all by hand. She takes uh, a lot of pride in in her craft as uh, an artist. And so make sure to go give her a follow on Instagram at Magically by Molly. No spaces. And check out her work. Her magnets start at just $6.99. And you can get some in different sets or anything like that. Uh, that you can also get some that are a little bit larger. She can do just about anything. So make sure to go check out her Instagram and her Etsy. That is Magically by Molly. And we hope you guys enjoy the rest of the episode. All right. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, we're going to uh, continue right on and talk about Chad's early departure because we haven't fully talked about it yet on the show. We kind of mentioned it briefly with our recent guest. But it was a very sad time, I'm, a, I'm sure. Chad can go into a little yeah. more detail on it. But uh, the college program was cut early because Walt Disney World closed. And actually, all, all Disney parks closed early for the coronavirus. So, Chad, you want to yeah. start it off with just how, like, how you heard that you were going to have to leave early? Yeah, so... Um uh, I'll start a week before. So a week before, okay. um, the coronavirus was going around and we heard about it. Um, but everyone was taking precautions. We were using hand sanitizer. Uh, I know at touch point, they clean them like every three minutes or so where like, and they had, uh, hand sanitizer right on the other side of it. Um, mm -hmm. and same with like, on, on all the parts. So they were taking precautions to, you know, be as, as good as possible. Um, and I know at a resort, we had like an extra guard. Um, so we, have, we usually have four guards, one being off stand, two being on stand. We had five with the extra guard um, cleaning everywhere, right? So they would just like they would go around and clean for their whole break, um, and then they would rotate. And so we were trying to find a way to get ahead of it. Um, 
of course, you know, the coronavirus became bigger than any of us could expect. Um, so, yeah, so we took precautions during that week, and then by this time, Hong Kong had closed, um, Paris had closed, and then, like, also closed. Um, Disneyland hadn't, and Disney World hadn't. Um, and then my family came down, and then I had, like, a, like four days off. Um, and then during that period, they announced that they were, uh, like, I think it was a Saturday, they announced they were closing, it was Friday, sorry. Friday, they announced that they were closing Disney World, and they were paying the, uh, they said on like, the news briefing that they were going to pay the workers for two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. like for the two week break, so it was a paid vacation. So everyone was like super excited, you know, we're all going to get a two week paid vacation. Um, we were told the resorts were staying open, so we were told that we still had to work during the resorts. Um, okay. but you know, still, that was, that's, we heard it first on CNN on the news, um, and then we heard it on, uh, and they, then they told us, uh, they told us, hey, um, Disney World is closing. Um, yeah, it's going to be on paid vacation. And so, you know, we're all kind of happy about that. Um, and it's something to keep us posted. It's something to keep us posted. So, you know, we went to work as normal, um, acted like normal. Um, and then it was Saturday, so the next day, um, I was at Blizzard Beach with a friend. Um, and then uh, I got an, we got an email um, that said they were closing Disney House, so with the Macau program housing. Um, and they said some, if not most, of the Disney College housing complexes were going to be closed, um, and those people were being home. We all got a successful completion, so it was as if, it was as if we were there for the whole term, um, so it didn't negatively affect us. And we also got um, paid for the for the last week we worked, and we got paid throughout the rest of the month, throughout the rest of the month of March. Um, and we didn't do the housing either, so we got. Paid very well, um, but we were told to leave on Tuesday, March 18th, or maybe the 17th. Like, it was one of the two days. Um, I mean, it was Sunday. I, I, it was Wednesday, sorry. It was Wednesday, March 18th. Um, and so we were told to leave, and we had to be out of housing by March 18th. Um, and yeah, all the everyone was canceled. So um, it was a little troubling, but for me, I had a car, and I had a 15-hour drive back home, and that was it. I just had my car up, and and leave. Um, and I had a few friends who were ICPs. They were a group from like New Zealand and Australia. Oh, yeah. Um, and so they had to get flights figured out and everything. And um, so I, you know, I was like, hey, I got family down here. If you guys can't get a flight home or um, if you need help with anything, let me know. Like, you need to be running the store. So um, I spent a lot of time helping them like, drink goes like, uh, like luggage and such because they had a bunch of stuff to send home because I grew really close right. to them and they were some of the best friends. Um, so for me, it was just really unfortunate um, that we had to leave, but um, I didn't have too much to do uh, to go home wise. Just a long drive. Um, and so yeah, so we were told on Saturday, and then um, Sunday and Monday, I was helping my friends pack and such. And then I think it was, it was Monday, everyone got like a call from the leaders. Because um, again, I didn't really know at this point that I was affected because I said some people were affected, some people were getting sent home, not everybody. And it said, um, or it said most, I believe, to be fair. Um, and then it said um, that the resorts were staying open. And so I'm like, well, they probably still need lifeguards for resorts, so I might be staying, you know. Um, right. And then come Monday, we get, we, everyone gets a call from the leader, so the lead, their leaders sit down and they use it. Well, for me, I know everyone got called. Um, and the leaders called him and they said, um, or if you didn't go to work, I believe if you didn't go to work, then the leaders would call you and talk to you. Because I didn't work. 
till I, I worked that Saturday morning and I got I got out early and I didn't have work till Tuesday when Ocean was gone. And I was like, hmm. okay, I was like, um, I called my leaders and they said, um, you know, they're talking about it. I'm like, hey, what's this mean for you? Um, and I was like, well, just to clarify, I am getting sent home. And like, yeah, everybody is getting sent home. All the CPs are getting, uh, you know, sent home and we're getting a awesome check and we're getting, um, a certificate of completion, but we all got sent home, uh, which was pretty upsetting, not gonna lie. Um, and so I was like, well, what, what are you going to do? I was like, well, I'm going to go home and I'm going to go pack my car up and then drive home for 15 hours. And then when I get home, I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to go work at a, a law office because I'm a legal assistant at a law office in downtown Springfield. Um, that, is, go back to work. that all happened, uh, that all happened very, very fast for you. Yeah. It was, fast. no, it was, it was, you know, a day we're told. And then on a Sunday, which was the last day the parks were open, um, the CPs were let into Hollywood Studios because, um, well, and then, and then we weren't allowed in Hollywood Studios because of um, Rise of Resistance opening up. And then when Mickey opened yeah. up, we were allowed to visit, we got like a ticket to visit um, Runaway Railroad. So like, we got to see that early, which was a lot of fun. And then, but, so they were only in there one day. So on that Sunday, they let all the CPs in. So I went to uh, Hollywood Studios, and they were also, for the like, first half of the day, they were getting like free fast passes with everybody. Because the CPs were working the fast pass line, so they were just like letting them in. Then the leaders came down and put their foot down and kind of put a stop to that. So, um, cause the line, I mean, the fast pass line was longer than the standby line. So they, uh, forced oh, admissions why they had to, why they had to stop that. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah and everyone, of course, everyone was upset, you know, everyone knew. So if you're a cast member and you talked to anyone working, they, you know, they're upset about it and they always say travels and, Everyone's gonna see you later, see you soon, and, uh, and, you know, for me, like, that's, so, that's the thing, they, they did, uh, have a survey, and one of the emails, I didn't see it, cause it asked if you, how you like to position in, if you would consider going back. Um, cause they were, I don't know, they haven't guaranteed anybody in front of it, but they offered them a position when they came back, so they're gonna at least offer them to hire. Um, cause again, they send all these people home when they need them to go back, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so they're, they're, I mean, like I mean, a few people will get hired. Um, I know I'm not seeking employment because I have a job and going to university. Um, but I mean, they will try and hire hard people back. Um, hopefully, um, that's not official, but I'm not. Um, actually, tech, we're technically also cast members to the end of our program as well, which that's interesting. Um, oh, yeah. So, so yeah, so we got sent home, got a got a paycheck, and then. Um, we came home, and I, I, for me, I just got up one morning and drove home. It was a 15-hour drive, and I made it, like, I think it took 16 because I stopped a few times. Um, just drove home, and it was crazy driving through all the states and, and such. Um, I left on a Tuesday because there was a ward of a um, national blockade going around, right, where they're going to close down state borders. Um, they were, that was one of the things they were considering, so I left the first day I could um, and just drove right. home. And, uh, yeah, I yeah. two in the morning, I think. Jeez. I mean, that's, yeah. kind of, that's cool. You made it, you made it all in one day. Yeah, it was, I definitely was pretty proud of myself for driving that long drive. I was like, yeah, I gotta make it, but I didn't want to stop right. in the hotel room. So, um, yeah, yeah that's pretty much that's it. Awesome. We all got home and, uh, and yeah, I mean, it was definitely a lot of people were upset. You know, it was pretty solemn seeing all the TVs and such, and you could tell someone just like, 
and crying on their break and then had to go work. And it was, you know, it was, it was unfortunate. But, um, yeah, unfortunate circumstances. And we're part of a CP group like no other. There's been no other CP group that's uh, <laughs> been like us. So I feel uh, pretty special about it. Hey, yeah, that, that is an interesting take on it. You definitely <laughs> know no, no others like you, that's for sure. Yep, yep. Uh, all right. Well, that'll that was a lot of information you gave us for sure. I appreciate yeah. it. Um, yeah, I know I talk a lot and talk fast, so sorry for the listeners at home if I talk a little too fast. You can play it on uh, slow audio if you want to on Spotify. You can down a little bit. No, that was that was cool though. Um, enjoyed all that information. So we'll we'll wrap it up with uh, some of our regular traditional Disney questions here for you. Um, because right. I, I know you said you, you were preparing for him. Um, I heard him, yeah, and uh, we'll see. I'll get to my response when you ask the question. We'll see how it goes. All right, so our first question is who or what is your top three Disney movies? Um, and so this is the interesting one, right? Top three Disney movies, because you get this a lot when you're at the park. Like, oh, what's your favorite Disney movie? Um, right. For me, number one was Lilo and Stitch. I loved Stitch. Um, and so Lilo and Stitch was my favorite, like, movie. was the Lilo and Stitch movie. Um, and then for the other two, it was just, you know, A Shot in the Dark. I'd probably say Lion King and Toy Story, because those are the ones I watched a lot as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. So it would be Lilo and Stitch... Lion King, and then probably the first Toy Story. Um, but even then, like, it, that changed when I was down there. Like, I went down there and they asked me, you know, what's your favorite Disney movie? And I was like, uh, I should probably get to answer that question because I said Star Wars and nobody liked it when I said Star Wars. So, um, <laughs> so I had, a, I had to think of a better answer. But yeah, uh, probably Lilo and Stitch and then Lion King and then Toy Story. Okay. Nice, nice. So what, who's your favorite Disney character? Um, Disney character is, is, uh, is Stitch. Well, Stitch or Buzz Lightyear. I like Buzz Lightyear a lot as a kid, and I was nicknamed Buzz by my aunt. Um, but Stitch is just a cool dude because he's just crazy and, you know, he's a short little dude, but he's super strong and stuff, so I like Stitch a lot. That is, that is, that seems to be a popular one for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, so who's your favorite Disney princess? Favorite Disney princess. This was the one I I heard and I was like, I have no clue what I'm gonna say for that. Um, uh, prop for me, I want to say um, Merida from Brave because she's just she's awesome. You know, she's an amazing archer and and such. Um, and I believe she's second to be a princess. I'm pretty sure she is. Um, and so, yeah, I probably say probably say Merida because she's the, probably the first princess I actually remember like watching in a movie. I was watching Brave. Like I don't think I ever watched. You know, Sleeping Beauty or, or uh, Cinderella or whatever. So um, that's probably the the princess I like the most. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Um, what is your favorite Disney song? Favorite Disney song. Here's another one um, that I don't really know. There's a actually. So there was a, so as a lifeguard, just real quick. I was. They have like poolside activities, so they'll play yeah. like so, they'll play music, and there's one of the games is they'll play songs. And then you have to name what movie it's from. And they played a song, mm-hmm. and I really liked the song, but I didn't know what movie it was from. Um, so the game was over, and they went through all the answers. And they said it was the song um, that the Shadow Man sang in Princess and the Frog. And I was like, oh, I really like the song. I don't know what it is. And oh. so I went and watched the movie, and it's the curse song. And I was like, will not you shake a poor man's hand? 
It's it's that song. Yeah. Um, okay. So interesting. I really that song is really good. I like that song a lot. Um, yeah. So that's my that's, that's a very unique answer. I haven't had one of that yeah. before. I like it. Uh, all right. Our last and final question. Um, what ride uh, do you think has the best queue? Has the best queue? Oh, um, I don't remember hearing this question. Um, <laughs> hmm. Uh, let me think. So, probably say, actually I do remember, because you guys said Space Mountain was terrible, and I thought Space Mountain was a pretty cool line. Not the best, but it was pretty oh, cool you, line. You like it? Uh, it's, it's okay. I thought it was pretty interesting, but it's also, it's not, I mean, it's not the best, but it's, it's kind of cool. Um, I think Buzz Lightyear is the worst ride. The Buzz Lightyear Ranger Spin. I think that's a terrible line. Um, yeah, I the, the, the only part is, the only part cool is Buzz. Like, yeah. Being Buzz and even then, he says so, yeah. the same thing five times over. Um, yeah. Uh, but I think probably the coolest line, oh man. Um, I want to say, uh, the Toy Story, uh, like the shooting ride, whatever it's called, I can't remember what it's called right now. Toy Story Mania. Um, Toy Story Mania, yeah. That line where you're like walking in and you see all the games overhead, you see the Uno cards and such. Um, mm-hmm. That's a really cool one. I like that one a lot. Um, that one was pretty fun. And again, the yeah. ride's amazing. Yeah. That's probably my favorite ride there, Toy Story Mania, because I, I got first place. So that's pretty cool. Um, all right. Yeah, yeah. So, that's a, like Toy Story Mania. So that's a been answered a couple times before i i believe yeah. good um you gotta have gotta have one answer common with people <laughs> yeah no i i like the unique answers though that was cool nice. uh so yeah thanks chad for coming on yeah. giving us your knowledge of everything that happened and what thank you for having me um, hopefully it's uh yeah. hopefully it's correct and i didn't misstate anything and i'm gonna get called <laughs> by a coordinator way to say hey you said this wrong so <laughs> that would be fu- that would be funny that would um, be funny. But, yeah all right, so now you guys are should be hearing that uh, curse song that Chad likes in the background. I'll have to figure out what song it is. Uh, but yeah. All right, we will uh, talk to you guys next time on Cast Conversations. See you.